Joining me now, our great friend, Mr. Al Bat. Hey, Al, the mosquitoes and the gnats getting you yet? Uh, the gnats, oh. are, uh, <laughs> they're just terrible. We were, uh, no, we, we watched softball games, high school softball games, and for watching family, and the gnats just... Uh, just uh, disturb people to no end at those things. So, and plus the players, so they're forever. They we get exercise though that way by swatting at them. Well, uh, mosquitoes I haven't noticed any really yet. But boy, I just started noticing them last night when I was out working in the the hosta gardens, and just a few, just enough to go. And I'm like, oh, they're here. But I mentioned earlier talking about, I saw something on the American Hosta Society, which I'm a member of on Facebook, and they were complaining. People were saying, well, I work late into the night when it gets dark and, you know, the, the gnats and the mosquitoes. And then somebody says, well, I use a, a mosquito fan. And I thought, what in the world is a mosquito fan? So I looked it up and talked about it. And all of a sudden, I have all these, these texts from people and um, about their success. Do you want to know about them? Sure. Did, is the uh, Hosto de- organization, do you have a secret handshake for that group or not? <laughs> well, you know, there's the Minnesota Hosta Association and the American Hosta Association. I can't tell you. You'll have to join. <laughs> oh, okay. And you hate one another? You have, um, like, battles online and stuff between oh, the Oh, two, right. Or... Like, my Hosta is bigger than your Hosta. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Well, that's good. I think that's healthy. Yeah, I would love to hear it. And you sent me that, and, you know, I just, I've seen so many things come and go that I'm somewhat distrustful of all those. I do not like bug zappers. I'm one of those guys because they kill more beneficial insects. And I don't know that just these things apparently are just a light with a fan, and I think maybe it'd be just as well served with a big fan because... Uh, you mentioned, oh, you sent me a thing, and it was Dr. Is it Dr. Oz, is that the fellow's name? Yeah. That said that uh, uh, as far as mosquitoes, there's 20% of people who are attractors, mm-hmm. and he he mentioned four different kinds. And I see that when I lead bird walks. You can, uh, <laughs> people take photos of us, and you can look at it later, and there'll be swarms Clouds. over certain people's heads and he said that pregnant women are just prime for mosquitoes isn't it because they're warmer it's because they're warmer produce more co2 or something yep exactly co2 and that's what mosquitoes like are are attracted to and he also said if somebody's been drinking a little bit Mm -hmm. they like that and if we're out there exercising, and um, I like to walk till I work up a sweat. Sweating. Well, then the mosquitoes say, hot dog, there he is. <laughs> and then people, there's one thing that they cannot change, I guess, while I'm pregnant, but type old blood. Yeah, I always so, thought, oh, what in the world? Because I wonder why. And I also noticed <laughs> if you wear certain types of um, hair products or something, sometimes gnats just flock to you too. But here's what some of the folks online have said about those those machines, in case you're thinking about getting one. Someone says here, it says, I have a Dynatrap that works great. It has a light to attract the mosquito and then sucks them into a basket. I add mosquito attractant as well to help. You leave it running all summer and hopefully break the skeeter breeding cycle. It works a little for gnats, but not great. The downside is it also attracts and kills tons of moths. And he says, you would think the basket would fill up, but the volume of a dead, dried-up mosquito isn't much. Well, probably not. 
And another person weighed in and said, hello, Karen, I have a Dynamax mosquito trap. Just set it up Saturday and we'll let you know, give you an update next week on results from Rich in Mankato. So a couple folks out there, because I saw them online anywhere from like $39 to $400. And I thought, hmm, so I guess the jury is out still. Yeah, and there's probably that uh, mention of mosquito attractant, something in there, because I, I would think they'd need something more than just a light um, to, to really get good numbers of mosquitoes well, in there. But What would you use for a, um, a mosquito attractant besides getting yourself pregnant? Yeah, I just find somebody with type O blood and, and bring make them, them along. hold the trap and just say, here, I'm going to pay you, you know, $10 a day or something. Make it well worth their while and just have them stand there and, uh, until they can get all the mosquitoes in your yard. It's uh, You would think we'd have a lot of mosquitoes this year with all the uh, moisture that we've had, but, you know, you never know. I'm always surprised. Uh, a lot of the years I think, boy, we're really going to get it this year, and then we don't have many mosquitoes. And then other years I think, well, this should be a year where we uh, aren't bothered by them much, and then we get a lot of them. Uh, the gnats are about as wow. bad as uh, they can be right now. And yeah. uh, my mother... Uh, mosquitoes didn't seem to bother her at all, but uh, gnats were the bane of her existence. They just tormented her to no end. And so I, I everybody that's fighting them, I, I feel for you. Do you think a I, giant barn fan, I remember those those fans that we had in the barn were like four feet tall and just, you know, blew the air down the aisle. So, you yeah. know, it, we had over a 100-foot barn, 176-foot barn. And so, yep. I mean, we had several. I'm wondering if getting one of those and just putting it while you're outside working just a boo and then maybe that would work. And, and I've used those. I've used them on decks. The only problem with some of those is they, as time goes by, they get a little noisy. Yeah. But uh, other than that, boy, you can put them on the deck. If you're going to have a, some hot dogs or something on the deck, you can just point it in one direction. And, and mosquitoes are such weak flyers that it'll blow a lot of them away. So it certainly does help. The other thing, Karen, that I'm hearing from a lot of folks, and you may be seeing this too, are those silken nests of eastern tent caterpillars and the forks of branches of, I see them mainly in apple, chokecherry, crab apple, plum, and cherry trees. You see them in May and June, although they will be in other trees, but that's where uh, I primarily see them. I haven't seen them yet. Where should I be looking and what kind of trees? And those trees, boy, apple, choke cherry, crab apple, plum, and cherry. Mm. So if you see some fruit trees, and again, it's in May and June, the larvae feed on the leaves. They will sometimes defoliate uh, small trees, but they, it's the, generally they don't affect the tree health. I know you're looking at the tree and you say, man, something's eating all the leaves. It just it's gonna it's gonna die or something. But typically, if it's a healthy tree they are able to come back these the larvae are, they're hairy they have blue black and orange markings they have a white stripe down the back and again they have those series of hairs sticking out from the sides of their bodies they're about oh two inches long maybe when fully grown and they feed on the tree leaves during the day and then they remain in the tents at night and during rainy weather 
We do have some birds around, cuckoos primarily, that will feed on them. I know a lot of people are uh, pulling them out of the trees. and I, I'm sure there's a BT spray of some kind that you could use on them and, uh, to get rid of them. But uh, it's, just, it's one of those things that happens every year. And then later we have uh, fall tent caterpillars. So we get, um, they're two different species, but we get two different shots of these, these nests in there. They're not attractive nests in a tree, I guess. Maybe around Halloween they would be, but uh, right now they just... Uh, and we get worked up, because that's what we do as humans. That's our job, to get worked up about things. Uh, you got a call from Chuck Dalkey of New Germany mm-hmm. after the show last week. And he said a couple of years ago, so many starlings seem to be eating all the grape jelly on his platform feeder. He wanted to track Baltimore Orioles. So he said to discourage the starlings, he put out very hot jalapeno pepper jelly. And the starlings' response was, it's about time we got Mexican in here. In fact, the jalapeno pepper jelly attracted starlings, grackles, robins, and orioles. It didn't phase them. Chuck said he changed the arrangement of the feeders and now has a hanging feeder versus a platform one, which doesn't seem to attract as many starlings. Yeah, birds have no problem with uh, pepper in it. Uh, there are some seeds uh, that you can buy that have pepper in it, and you can also buy in bird feeding stores pepper to put on, like sunflower seeds. And the reason there is to discourage squirrels, because they say squirrels don't care much. I, I did try a little bit in my yard, and apparently my squirrels are, um, they they appreciate a little bit of pepper there. They like the taste. But uh, I've heard from a lot of folks where it does discourage uh, squirrels from coming there. John McCormick said, Hi, Al, I heard a couple of birds talking at my work site this morning about domestic violence. They were loudly saying back and forth, he beat, he beat, he beat her. Any idea what this bird might be? Another call has mystified me since I heard it some years ago. Ching, ching, I'm a dancer. (laughs) My wife thought this call should go ching, ching, I'm a cashier. But I heard dancer. In other bird news, we've been getting a kick out of the Orioles who feed at a glass feeder. I've suspended by a few feet of Mason's line from a porch rafter. Their landings often have the feeder spinning wildly. But the Orioles actually seem to enjoy the merry-go-rounding. I would say the one that's repeating itself, uh, whenever somebody says a bird is repeating itself, I think a brown thrasher, and they, that's just what they do. The other one, Ching Ching, I'm a dancer. I'm going to go with Song Sparrow John, but, uh, boy, realize everybody's ear is different. We hear things differently. So I'm going to go with Song Sparrow, and everybody that has a garden has a Song Sparrow. And Orioles, what a grand gift on a soggy day. So I'm glad you're. Uh, I'm glad they're keeping you busy while you're working out there, John. <coughs> Peggy Swenson of Albert Lee said, "Hi, Al. We have never had so many birds as this year. Nothing new to add to the list of birds we see in our property, but some we haven't seen for years: blue-gray gnatcatcher, summer tanager, Tennessee warbler, Philadelphia and Bell's vireos." That's in addition to Orioles, Scarlet Tangers, Indigo Buntings, Bluebirds, Goldfinches, Too Many Warblers to Count, Swainsons, Thrushes all over the yard, Brown Thrashers, Many Catbirds, a pair of Red-Headed Woodpeckers, as well as all the usuals. On Sunday afternoon, 
a nighthawk perched on an oak branch for about an hour. A magnolia warbler hunted the yew branches a few feet from where we were sitting. And a chestnut-sided warbler hopped in the grass in front of the deck. We watched a cooper's hawk catch a red squirrel and then struggle to get airborne. Few things are more pleasant than sitting on a garden bench and watching the barn swallows patrol the horse pasture. Of course, all the while, the tree swallows are cursing at us because we're too close to their house. Who needs TV? Uh, Gordy Lukow of uh, Fairmont sent me a picture of a scarlet tanager and a cooper's hawk. Neil Batt of Heartland said he saw a common nighthawk during the day and was wondering what's going on there. They will occasionally be seen during the day, and it might be that they were uh, roasted from a roosting place by who knows what, crows, whatever you could imagine. Uh, Tom Belshin of Glenville sent me a video of a brown thrasher singing. <laughs> he said, what a cool song, and boy, I agree. I just say wonderful songsters. Uh, Pamela Freeman says, so I spy with my little eye something that begins with a G sitting on my garden fence, a mm-hmm. somewhat time-bent thing of vertical rectangles standing about four feet high which sags in places where the raccoons have scaled it to thieve from my garden, is a great crested flycatcher. And uh, Pamela, I've just been hearing one in my yard calling me a creep here. So Pamela goes on. We started seeing this bird some years ago when a family first nested in a wood duck box placed closer to the house than others, farther from the pond and marsh, and nestled in the woods and near where it opens up to our yard, our yard being an area that is reluctantly shared by grass with dandelions, purple violets in the spring, wild strawberries, patches of white clover, and various mosses and lichens where it is shaded, and whatever else attempts to grow before it gets mowed down. Some of it is eco-grass that we seeded some regular grass mix that a previous owner put down as sod or seed, and much of it was placed without any soil under it, but right upon the sand that is what the soil is here. Grass doesn't like that very much. Other things do better. Why fight it? They all produce green and some produce flowers that the bees visit. Perhaps we are lucky enough to house the fly catchers again. I do hope so. In any case, it seems at least the male has taken me up on my invite to come and glean what insects he might from my gardener's environment. I am thankful as he is an enjoyment to watch. He seems interested in possible nesting material as much as edible as he just went after some willow fluff. Susan Kennedy says, Cedar Waxwings, a large flock, is dining on a hackberry. At one time, a smaller group drank from my bird bath. Sue Miller, who is the Freeborn County engineer, says uh, she's seen a lot of cedar waxwing. Scott Richardson, who lives right in Austin, says he has bluebirds in his yard. Gunnar Berg of Albert Lee said we are still getting warblers in small numbers in the yard. Perulas, Tennessee's Black Burnie, and he sent me a photo of a chestnut-sided warbler. Mary Hodak of Mason City said there's a blue grosbeak being seen in that town. She's also seeing um, sandhill cranes, dick thistles, cedar waxwings, song sparrows, eastern wood peewees, northern rough-winged swallows, cliff swallows, eastern kingbirds, Baltimore orioles, goldfinches, indigo buntings, alder or willow flycatchers. They weren't singing, so she couldn't be sure. Red starts, catbirds, 
turkeys, pheasants, and more. Hart Bartness of Heartland asks, how old a swan is before it can walk? You know, did I say swan to fawns? How old a fawn <laughs> I was going to say swan. I, I'm trying to picture yeah. the swan. He was like, hmm, okay. Yeah, that's one of those things where you say something. You say, did I say that? I couldn't have said that. Hart wanted to know, he's got a, a fawn right in the middle of his yard. And he lives on a, an old farm site. And he was wondering how long before that fawn can walk. Well, fawns are able to stand within 10 minutes of birth. And they can walk in seven hours so you wouldn't have to wait very long the mothers go off to forage and then the fawns are left alone a lot during the day uh, daniel otten said he put out some orange halves for the baltimore orioles wondering what other birds will feed on those uh, great catbirds red-bellied woodpeckers brown thrashers scarlet tangers rose-breasted grosbeaks house finch uh, and there'll be some others, but those will be the primary ones. Uh, Ed Fancoke, uh, he's from Chatfield. He said, hello, Al, I am back on a question of bird strikes on windows. We've had a couple of fatalities already as one dazed but fortunate red-eyed vireo. Uh, your advice about placing the bird in a dark box, I used a bucket, worked well. We are still having strikes despite adding clear bird deterrent leaf stickers to the windows. A friend just forwarded some info on another alternative to prevent bird strikes at windows. They said, have a look, and it is uh, birdsavers.com, and it's kind of a curtain-like thing, so I'm going to look into that some more. And uh, I'm always looking for something that will uh, stop birds from flying into windows. I've had a Baltimore Oriole recently hit the window and also a gray cat bird. And it's really, it's just sad to see mm. them. And I also was working outside and I heard boom, and there was one that hit it and he flew away. So I'm assuming he's okay, I hope, but one, I guess, never knows. No, it's windows, they just, uh, it's hard to stop a bird. There's all kinds of things you can put on. You can hang down things. I know I have a friend who hangs down macrame items oh, okay. and they move in the wind and so the birds will see that. There are these UV things that you can put on the windows. <clears throat> How about wind, ch wind chimes? Would, would the sound deter them or, or don't they go by sound or is it more by sight? Yeah, I don't think it would uh, it would do much. It's like putting a bell on a cat. Yeah. <laughs> they say, well, then the birds will hear them. Well, birds don't say, oh, there's a bell, there's it's a, a cat. cat. They right. don't put those two things together. They just they hear a bell and don't think anything of it. So I think maybe wind chimes would be the same thing, that they hear the wind chimes, certainly, but they just wouldn't say, oh, my gosh, that means there's a window there. So yeah. they, it's probably one work. So I got a you note from John in, in New Ulm yeah. here. He said he was at his dad's last week in Andover, and he said he had, there was cardinals at his dad's at the feeder at 9 p.m., and he saw a big deer on his front yard with no horns, so probably a doe, he thinks. And he said, uh, I should have tried to get a photo. And then he says, I hate gnats from John in New Ulm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, I was raised not to say I hate anything, but yeah, I'd put gnats, you know, if I ever start hating something, gnats would be right up there on the top. They're just, oh, gosh, they are. 
And they're so numerous, you know, you swat away and you find, I'm not proud about admitting this, but you find great pleasure when you swat one and you look down at your hand and you just say, there, take that. But while you're doing that, you got about 15 others crawling into your ear or something. So you, it's it's hard to beat them. You had sent me something about ticks yes. and what works. I went to a Lyme disease thing you know, not too long ago, and they said uh, permethrin is the thing to use. And these were from the, this was a Mayo Clinic and people who had had Lyme disease. And a couple of them had a really bad time with Lyme disease. And that's what they were saying. And I, Consumer Reports, the last issue that came out, has information about ticks. And I believe that's what they recommend also. And I think it comes in, is it Repel maybe was in the article? And they say if you put on the clothing, it lasts about two weeks. You can even, I think, buy clothing with it in there. I don't know how long that, how long that lasts. But so, permethrin, and that's uh, P-E-R-M-E-T-H-R-I-N. Uh, Tim Scott sent me a thing about a birdathon. It's where people go out and bird like their hair is on fire, and see how many birds they can see, and they get. Um, People will give them money if they see so many birds, and then it's used for, oh, I don't know, an environmental group, or they can raise it for all different kinds of reasons. And it, it's a lot of fun. I've done them before. Um, my problem is I, I, I'm, I played football, baseball, basketball, softball, and I played till I was 50 years old competitively, and I used up most of my competitive spirit. I think I don't have that competitive spirit so i'm so i'm happy to go out and count birds and everything but some of them are out there that they want to get the most and i enjoy being around those folks i'm just not one of them anymore I don't it's know not the, that it's, competitive spirit isn't still there with you it's just more for enjoyment yeah it's just uh, i don't know it, and it's okay because i told my wife once I quit, I came home and said I was retiring from everything, and I just wasn't going <laughs> to um, keep score with anybody again. And it, it was good still. So uh, Tim also sent me something. There's a scarlet ibis that was seen in Ooh. western Minnesota, and this is an amazing bird. Uh, oh, think of a miniature flamingo. It has a different kind of bill, but it's just... And what it's doing here, it shouldn't be here. Who knows why it's here, but uh, a lot of people are going down, out there and see it. Now, so it's red, it's scarlet, so it's a red ibis? Yeah, it's huh. a, definitely scarlet. And it was it's on somebody's lawn and was eating insects or something on the lawn there. And it, It's a bird that, uh, you know, you, you wouldn't be able to miss it, no matter what. You just say, what is this thing out here? So... Uh, Josh Watson has located a white-eyed vireo near the intersection. This is in Houston County, Highway 2 and Solberg, Solberg Drive, S-O-L-Berg. And I, I want to invite everybody to join me. I'm going to be hosting cruises on Albert Lee Lake on the Pelican Breeze 2. We had the first Pelican Breeze, and then it became a movie star in the movie Hawaii 5 So now we have Pelican Breeze 2. 
And uh, we'll, again, it's a prepossessing Pelican Breeze. We board at Frank Hall Park Boat Landing in beautiful Albertly. And the cruises are at 1.30, and they're all on Sundays, June 23rd, July 28th, August 25th, and September 29th. If you'd like more information, uh, give a call to the 507 number, but 383-7273, 383-7273. And we do a natural history tour of uh, Albert Lee Lake. It's a big lake, 2,654 acres. And we've been doing it for, for many years. Uh, we do it to uh, raise some money to help clean that lake and also to educate folks a little bit. Now and again, we sneak in something, you know. And it's a, a fun time. We've had people from, man, I don't know how many countries on that boat. And it's a big old pontoon. I think it holds 62. The, it's licensed by the Coast Guard, and I believe it's 62 people that uh, wow. we'd be allowed to have on there. So it's fun. You can cram them in there pretty good. Well, I just hearing a robin caroling out the window. And Donald Krudzma, he wrote a book called The Singing Life of Birds. <clears throat> and he said, <clears throat> anyone who listens thoughtfully to robins can't help but bubble with questions about why robins are the way they are. Hmm. Anyone who listens thoughtfully to robins can't help but bubble with questions about why robins are the way they are. I like the bubble with questions because <laughs> I remember being a little boy, and that's what it was. You'd bubble with questions. They just kept coming up and coming up, and Dad would answer one, and I'd have five more <laughs> because of the one he answered. But Crudesma found that each male robin has 10 to 20 different whistled caroling phrases, huh. and then they have 75 to 100 varied high-pitched, and I believe he called them hissily phrases. And the familiar daytime song is caroling. Some say they sing carol, 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 but I hear them as cheerily, cheer up, cheer up, cheerily, cheer up. And then at dawn and dusk, the bird will toss in those hissily phrases, usually at the end of a song. But they are wonderful songsters as well, and they just, uh, I don't think they get the credit for being this beautiful singer that they are. I watched an American Red Start female gather plant fibers for nesting material along Elberly Lake, and a little boy told me that red starts were junior orioles. Oh, and interesting. <laughs> and yeah, that's kind of what they look like. And I attended an outdoor church service at a state park when a hooded warbler landed on one of the pews. And it was the first time I'd gone to church with a hooded warbler. So hallelujah. It was uh, <laughs> it was a wonderful thing. So I I I lost um I lost a bit of attention there to what the pastor was saying for a bit because I was staring at that bird and trying to get other people to look without pointing. You know how you move your <laughs> eyes, you meet somebody yep. else's eyes, and then you shift them off to the left like, look over there, look over, over there. there. So, yeah, it was pretty cool. And he spent quite a little bit of time with us, the hooded warbler, and he was uh, hunting for something to eat. But, uh, boy, I was so glad he spent time in my company. It was just a, a wonderful thing. and. And I had this big smile, and uh, I'm sure the pastor thought that he he did such a good job, which he did. But uh, he probably just thought, man, look at that. Is this one of my better days? And I didn't tell him about the bird because I thought, well, why would I do that? It was, <laughs> it was wonderful. 
Hey, uh, Al, before you go on, yeah. uh, Keith called, and he had his question. And I know the answer because I've seen one. He says, are hummingbirds back yet? And I've seen one. And, in fact, because I saw one out at the lake house, which I hadn't seen before, I got a hummingbird feeder and put it out. So, uh, so I, I mean, it was sipping and dipping on the Solomon seal flowers. But uh, here, my hummingbirds are back, are, and he's out wondering if they're back. So I say yep, yes. They sure, they sure are. And, uh, folks, uh, when you feed them, you know, the easiest way is four parts, just white sugar, and one part, or four parts water, I'm sorry, and one part white sugar. So, Al, so four parts I, water. I got one of these things, uh, it was like a pre-packaged thing, and it said go one to six parts um, when there's a lot of, fl- I can't remember, but um, it said first one to when six parts. When there's part- a lot of flowers around? Yes, when there's a lot of flowers, go one to six parts. And this one said it has added calcium for the little birds for stronger eggs. And I thought, is that oh. necessary, or what are your thoughts on that? I I'm I don't know it'd be necessary, but it probably wouldn't hurt. <clears throat> I know um, a lot of folks will say when they first come back, it maybe is a good idea to even move it to uh, uh, one part sugar to three parts water oh, to okay. give them a little extra. Boost. So the the one to four that's just kind of an average ratio that works pretty well, and you don't need to put any red coloring in it because uh, they. Uh, most of the feeders have red on them. It, the red is to attract the hummingbirds. If you have a feeder that has no red or orange on it, you know, tie a red ribbon around part of it, and they will certainly find it. So you don't, you don't need to have any of that red color in there. Are there any studies that show red versus yellow versus orange are more attractive to them or not? I don't believe there are, other than uh, people just putting out feeders with red and orange and probably getting more coming to them and also with the red dye in there i don't know that there's any concrete studies saying the red dye is bad for uh, hummingbirds but you know i don't know there's been a lot so many studies about red dye and they're ongoing so we'll find out more i'm sure in the future and There'll be no red dye at the cafe today, is my understanding. So please come to the cafe where the food chain is missing a few lengths. The special is always a Heimlich maneuver and gravy is considered a beverage and now featuring authentic leftovers with less hair in the food and real cup holders where grease is good and none of the food smells like feet. Well, hardly any. I was walking with a friend at Caswell Park in Mankato, big softball complex. We were talking about important stuff that might have brought peace to the entire world when a woman's voice yelled, Amber! And we both stopped and looked toward the voice. We were two men, neither of (laughs) whom was named Amber. Why did we stop and look? Because men are listeners. I know all the women out there are (laughs) nodding now, say, yes, they are. We we watched the softball game sitting in those ubiquitous camping chairs. They were everywhere. And the gnats, oh, the gnats were horrendous. A friend, Chris Heinrichs of Sleepy Eye, he was covered with the tiny flying insects, and he said, I feel like a rotting carcass. (laughs) The gnats have been terrible. Vanilla extract or vanilla essential oil seem to repel the little buggers. Folks use them in bluebird boxes because they're really hard on bluebirds, especially in southeastern Minnesota black flies and buffalo gnat they will spray a little bit 
of vanilla extract in there. Uh, some people mix it with water and use it in a spray bottle. And you can put a little bit behind your ear in places where gnats bother you. The gnats will leave you alone, but people will be attracted to you because they think you've been baking. Hey, Remember, before, folks, before you go, Al, though, yeah. I wanted to say I got, uh, this is another text from a listener saying, sure. vanilla doesn't work for mosquitoes, neither real nor artificial vanilla. And then they said, mosquitoes like cattle more than people, take a cow with you wherever you go. <laughs> and he said, cow. true. <laughs> that is true. And vanilla does not work on mosquitoes at all. But, not but, even but one it bit. does on gnats, though, so... It, it oh. does indeed, and uh, we've used them in bluebird boxes for many years because uh, gnats are hard on baby bluebirds. They can actually do them in in some of these terrible years. Gnats have driven uh, common loons off their nests. They've deserted their eggs because of these. So they, it isn't just us that find them just, uh, <clears throat> just more than we can take. <clears throat> so... Uh, I have found that uh, vanilla works, and the the listener is exactly right. If you put them on and expect mosquitoes to leave you alone, no. You'd be much better off with a cow, I think, <laughs> just walking around with a cow. Plus, if you walk around with cows, people will remember you. Yes. If they've seen you walking down uh, riverfront with a, a cow, <laughs> they will remember you. You will be the cow person for the rest of your life. Uh, remember, folks, Heartland as well. We're driving past. Thanks for listening. Uh, do something wild today. Get out there and look at a bird. Thank you, Karen, as always, for your wonderful company. I, I, I appreciate all the callers and um, texters and emailers. You're wonderful folks. Yeah, we appreciate them, too. Thanks, Al. Great to chat with you. We'll be back again next week. Happy bird watching. All right. Bye-bye. Yep, bye-bye. Bye-bye.